Hey, everybody, this is Zach. And this is Stuart. And uh, this is a book club book, uh, or book, <laughs> book, club book, book club episode. <laughs> um, it could be a book club book. This, Maybe this yeah. is a new media, this audio, a, visual. Yeah, this is a... Um, a those are just audio books. Book club book, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, tonight we're talking about uh, Brandon Sanderson's 2005 novel, Elantris. Uh, yes. Elantris? Elantris. 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 Okay. Uh, at least that's how I always pronounced it. Yeah, and you're a bit more familiar with Sanderson's worlds. Um, yeah. One, one of the things that, that struck me about this particular book that I don't remember being true of Warbreaker are mm -hmm. the weird syllables that he has broken up into things. Yeah. Like yeah. In, so in terms of like the lands, like lands and names and everything kind of follow a weird like two and three letter syllable naming pattern i noticed mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, which doesn't really come up in the book it's just a a weird pronunciation thing that i had in my head <laughs> yeah and it's interesting with uh brandon samerson this is his first book and um out of the books that i've read it's probably his most loose book if you know what I'm kind of getting at. It, it It is. So it, well, which honestly is something that I liked because I am someone who has tried to read his other things and it's mm -hmm. so structured that it, it kind of puts me off in terms of being a fantasy. Like I, I like a little bit more loosey-goosey with fantasy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah so and I did like this. Um, good. I'm glad that I didn't uh, steer you into a a book that you're like, ah, this is horrible. <laughs> well, no, and, and you know, like, he, he has his laws of magic that, that are fairly consistent across mm -hmm. his books. Um, yeah, so this book, I don't really think he had his big world completely visualized. I, I think this was kind of his first book, and... We were actually talking a little off mic about how there is some tie-in to the bigger overarching world with like the Mistborn sort of being that like centerpiece of the world. Yeah. Where I believe there's just one character that gets introduced into the Mistborn's or series, but I don't think he really had that like plan. I think it was just more of like he was writing Mistborn and was like, oh, I can also add this character in. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. And and um, since we're at that point now, let me just pull up my Wikipedia page on the Cosmere, because I, I do think that the Cosmere is an interesting idea. It is. Um, it's a little like what Stephen King has done, like because all of Stephen King's books exist in the same universe yeah um and so the cosmere uh what this is is it is the and again this is from wikipedia um the name of the universe in which elantris uh mistborn warbreaker stormlight archive white sound and stories contained in the arcanum unbounded are all set um and the idea was to create an epic length series without requiring readers to buy a ridiculous number of books um 
So which is nice. Do, which is nice, but yeah. to do that, it means that all of the connections to his his other works are hidden within each book. So there's kind of a a, a hidden epic going on. Yeah, and again, I think it's more of a if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you it's not. It, it doesn't, doesn't take away from the story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think Star Wars does the best. Like, I guess the newer Star Wars does the best in kind of doing this. Right. As. Yeah, this is kind of new in terms of like franchise building. Um, I, I mean, according to him, he says this this uh, entire Cosmere sequence uh, would conclude with forty books at least. Um, yeah, and again, this was his very first like published book, right? Uh, Full length book. Um, he had done a couple of uh, other, I believe, smaller stories, like um, short novellas and web series before, right? But with this one, it was like the full length like actual book book gotcha yeah and it's interesting because again he doesn't have this full world like kind of scoped out so it's kind of nice in a way because he he focuses more on like the characters and just the events that take place in this book and I mean, he, he does have a world map. Like, as my my version is the um, the tenth anniversary version. So there's mm-hmm. like a there's a map in the very beginning that it looks like he drew. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's actually interesting. But again, it goes back to what I I think I was saying to you uh, off mic is some of the lands and, and worlds like they follow a weird naming convention. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't look like land names so much as just kind of collections of letters used as syllables because like yeah like uh, the, on the map right now uh in the north i guess northwest corner uh there are four lands and one of them is deo the other is eal i-a-l the other mm-hmm. is sal the other is Kai. yeah they don't really sound like like it doesn't sound like country names to me i don't know <laughs> yeah it's more of just like random just syllables like, yeah it's, it's kind of like he he sketched it out and was like eh, good enough good enough yeah <laughs> kind of like me like 10 minutes before running a D session yeah i'm just like <laughs> ah, this seems works yeah <laughs> but it is also kind of like laid out like a lot of his books where it focuses on multiple characters. There's usually just not one main character. It's kind of spread out with three different characters. Right. And uh, it takes those characters and it usually dedicates chapters to those characters. So I I know that some people uh, like that and some people dislike that because you kind of become invested in one particular character. One character usually kind of like resonates with you and you become a little bit more focused on that character. And then when like a chapter comes to a character that 
you're not super invested in. You're just kind of like, oh, well, I got to slog through this chapter to get to the actual, you know, character I'm interested in. Well, to be honest, I, I don't see how he otherwise could have formatted this particular book. Like, I, mm -hmm. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. And, like, I, I, I'm sure there are some books where, where that format falls apart. But, like, with this one, because there's... So Stormlight is the big one that comes to mind yeah. because there are quite a few characters in there. Uh, but yeah, I think with this one, since this was like his first like trial run of this system and everything along those lines, yeah. I think this one comes out pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and what I mean by uh, there's no other way to tell this particular story is mm -hmm. that... Um, I, I, and, and I guess to, to just jump in and give a quick plot synopsis. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let, me, let me again just read from Wikipedia, and then we'll, we'll fine-tune uh, from there. Because I have notes, but, but we'll, we'll sure. fine-tune past here. Um, so, uh, let's see. So, basically, uh, Elantris is the name of a city that was one of those um, kind of uh, precursor cities. Um uh, everyone in there were, were kind of like gods upon the earth, right? They had access to all of this fantastic magic. Um, yeah. Elantrians were immortal, and they weren't a race of people um, outside of you would just kind of turn into an Elantrian. Yeah, um, it was like, like it didn't you ascended. Matter. Right, yeah, you've, you've ascended. Uh, ten years before the story starts, uh, there was a cataclysm known as the Riyadh. Um, R-E-O-D uh, mm -hmm. and it destroyed the magic of Elantris uh, the inhabitants became cursed and the city was sealed off from the rest of society um, anyone affected by the Shaod which is S-H-A-O-D uh, is now thrown into Elantris that, that's the process um, by which a person ascends to an Elantrian is the Shaod um, uh, anyone who has that now is thrown into Elantris and has to stay there for forever. Uh, they're still immortal, mm -hmm. but they're cursed with hunger and pain, always. Yeah. Um, and so that that's just generally the, the world background, rather than the mm -hmm. plot. Going into the plot, um, there's there's really three main characters. I forget if, if you get some extra um, perspectives from other people. Not really. Uh, yeah, like three are the ones that jumped out. And it's uh, mm -hmm. Prince Ryoden, who yeah. is the prince of the city that, that is kind of outside, just outside of Elantris. Um, uh, Princess Serene, who is a person from a kingdom called uh, Todd. Uh, and mm -hmm. she was on her way to be married to Prince Ryoden. <clears throat> now, Rayodin undergoes the Shayod, and so yeah. he is kind of secreted away, and hu it's hushed up. Um, his father makes it seem like he just kind of mysteriously died. Yeah. He's shuffled off to Elantris and locked away, and Princess Serene shows up and is not yet married and already a widow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> there is a... Um, <clears throat> There's a character you've, you, we follow named Gyorn Hraithen. 
Yeah, that's a um, super cool name. It is. It's also a name that just says, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> I'm not evil. Uh, but a guy horn is a title. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I'm not evil. My name is Freythan. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, Guyorn is a is a title. He is a uh, he's what second from the top. Yeah, um, uh, of a third kingdom um, from uh, Durethi, mm-hmm. um, and he is kind of uh, running around surreptitiously, tr- starting to to foment uh, rebellion and revolution within. Aralon so that the Durethi can kind of take over the world because Aralon is is one of the last kind of one of the last places that has not fallen other than this, the uh, people of, of Tide where Princess Serene is from mm-hmm. um, everyone else has kind of already converted to this religion slash political structure it's kind of unclear um and so the story, like you said, alternates between these three people. And that's that's why I, I like there's no other way for him to have written this book. Yeah. Because Raiden is stuck on the inside of a sealed city that no one else has access to, uh, other than people who kind of figure out ways of, of getting in and like giving donations, like Princess Serene. Yeah. Um, where she can end up like actually looking at people through the wall and she has a very good heart and she you know sees these people as like suffering people and she doesn't want to like she thinks that the way that they're being treated is barbaric and you know yeah and that they actually like you know are people who feel things right well and and um i honestly the person that i liked following and reading about the most was mm-hmm. uh was Guyorn. Oh, interesting. He was an interesting character because um so Serene is kind of supposed to be the audience's eyes. So yeah. Kind of like she's new in town. Um she's being filled in on a lot of the um kind of back and forth amongst the nobility. So, so she's kind of in the audience's place. Of, like, if this were a movie or a TV show, she would be the audience stand-in, um, mm-hmm. where she's having information relayed to her, um, and and kind of piecing together the story of what's happening. Whereas Rayodin is inside Elantris, Guyorn is outside of Elantris, and their yeah. scheming kind of comes together in the middle. Um and uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed reading Freethan's sections because he, as a villain, he's he's not so much of a villain. Yeah, um, he's not like the, you know, mustache twirling sort of scheming villain. Yeah, like he's... he's he, um, has, he has like depth. He has like these... Um, these particular like struggles between like his religion what he thinks is cool like the right thing to do what is just right and um yeah he does have a lot of like personal inner conflict yeah um, because rodan was my favorite character i mean 
I I actually really enjoyed the parts when they were in Elantris, and they had to deal with a lot of like the um, gang wars and stuff like that. And so the thing with like being um, a dread or like being inside the Atlantis is you were cursed. So any wounds that you would um, succumb to wouldn't heal. And like you couldn't like get nutrients from food or anything along those lines. So fighting was always really like difficult, well, risky because if you ended up in a, a scrap and you basically like broke your leg, well, you're going to have a broken leg for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, yeah, which is super fucked up because there's scenes of like newcomers getting robbed of their food and the, the like ceremonial, like glass of wine and a loaf of bread that they come in with. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you get booted into, um, to exile they're like here's some bread and some wine <laughs> yeah and and like these newcomers coming through the gates like have the shit kicked out of them by one of the gangs and it's just like oh god like for the rest of of eternity they're yeah <laughs> but it kind of, it's funny because it reminds me a little bit of uh, the running man the uh movie the running man because it was like all these like different gangs kind of like scheming in this like dilapidated yeah. like city because the buildings are all like falling apart and you really had to like find a particular like you yeah, know there's like a layer of slime that yeah. is growing on everything yeah yeah so so i kind of i enjoyed that like and again i i think where brandon samerson excels is in writing good combat like it's always, I personally, it's always very visually, like, intuitive. Like, I can visually see what's happening in these particular combats. And his yeah, combats can get, yeah, and his combats can become very, like, complicated and sometimes a bit obtuse, but, like, not to the point where you don't know what's going on. And um, this is especially um, prevalent in, like, his Mistborn series and stuff like that. But I think he does a really good job in in this book sort of, like, describing everything when it comes to, like, the physical combatants of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, in one of the... It's, I, I had... I was not expecting this, uh, to be honest, is, uh, during, during one of the sections with, uh, Prathen, um, mm -hmm. in terms of physicality, like it, it just made me think of it is, um, so, so when the guy is introduced to the city, um, everyone sees he's wearing red plate mail, right? Like it's just yeah. part of his thing and everyone, because he's moving so, so smoothly in it, like even Serene, who, who knows a little bit about sword fighting. It's like, oh, it's obviously ceremonial or whatever. It's big and clunky or, or whatnot. Later in the book, it turns out that's actually real plate mail. Yeah. And he moves so quickly in it because he's just spent his entire life just wrapped up in red plate mail. Yeah, he's just a baller. He's like, this is how I roll. He's just like, no, this is, this will protect me. 
um, I, I did like that little uh, bit in there. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess one of the, the more important um, aspects of the book, too, are the, uh, the aeons. Mm-hmm. Um, and aeons are kind of the... the it, it describes a lot of things, because the, the aeons are also these little balls of light that float yeah. around and, and uh, kind of serve as, like, butlers slash Wikipedias and things to certain people. But they have to be, like gifted to them right Mm -hmm. um and whenever someone who owns one uh goes through the shayad um the aeon just kind of blinks out and just loses uh consciousness i guess Mm -hmm. really like they just kind of float around and do what they were doing previously um but aeons are also um kind of the the sets of magic words and uh, pictograms that actually do the magic um and let's see if i'm because it's been a while since i have read this um so Raiden fixes what's wrong with elantris basically by noticing that uh, a massive hole uh I guess earthquake happened. Yeah, uh, changed the the landscape, and because Elantris is, is built in a, in in the form of a giant picture pictogram of an aeon, um, he had to reconstruct the the way that that was reflected in the city to actually yeah. fix it and turn it back on. Yeah. So to summarize this for all of our anime fans out there. Think of like Full Metal Alchemist. So yeah. one of the uh, I forget. I didn't even think of that. That's a perfect connection. Yeah. So it's the um, it's the desert city where it ends up where the desert city is a a glyph for alchemy, and when they complete it, all the people basically die in the city and create the alchemy or the um, philosopher's stone, but. It's opposite where it's like it's broken wires on like a, I don't know, a computer and you have to actually reconnect the wires for it to actually start functioning again. And yeah, again, it's because it was a dilapidated like city, uh, he was able to sort of like read through all of the books and the basic lore of the city and figure this out yeah 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 and i mean that's that's like the uh, basically all of the character storylines is rayodin is trying to fix what went wrong 10 years or figure out what went wrong to see if he can fix it um mm-hmm. and serene is there to kind of again act as the audience and kind of clue you in on how how the city works and how the the different factions kind of relate and then hraithan is there to again foment rebellion um which he ultimately he does and he doesn't like his his um, yeah uh, like there i should have written down the name of the monks but there are a set of monks trained in his religion that are are basically 
twisted versions of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, they have armor underneath their skin, and they have claws. And <laughs> yeah, and he does have, like, a, a redeeming chapter at the very end. Yeah, where... because at the very end, he, he ultimately... Um, uh, he, he sacrifices himself. Yep. Um, to, to, you know... Like he he understands the the wrong that his his religion slash country is is doing, um, and and the ill effects that it's having on the entire world, and so mm-hmm. he, he sacrifices himself, um, and I think Serene is the one that that um, basically marks his his death there is and sacrifices like a memorial. Yeah. Um, and it does end up where Roland and Serene do get married at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it ends with a wedding, just just like a uh, uh, a classical comedy would. <laughs> I was thinking just like um, Star Wars ended. Star Wars ended with a wedding, right? No. No. An award I... ceremony. No. Um. In uh, in um, Return of the Jedi. Didn't Han Solo and Princess Leia get married? Oh the no, end? they they get together and and figure out that. Oh wait, no, Luke is is uh, your brother. You're not going to get with him. <laughs> I don't think they uh, actually get married. I thought they get married. What am I thinking? Yeah. Uh, oh no, and and I was just re- referencing, you know, Shakespearean like it's a comedy. Yeah. it's in a wedding. If it's in a funeral, it's a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, I just I thought. I thought Star Wars ended with a, a wedding. What? Oh no, it was a celebration of like yeah, they, all they of the Ewoks. The, the Death Star and yeah. they played the Yub Yub song. Yep, yep song. Yeah. That's right, that's right. Okay. Um sorry, yeah. <laughs> random tangent. No, 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 no. The, um so I will say, um, as you know, I I do kind of want to read there's there's a couple of um short stories that are mm-hmm. written that take place in the world um well they mentioned that he might write a second book in this series i i don't know if he will yeah i mean the guy's a very prolific like oh, well he's prolific i mean prolific in the way that he cranks <laughs> out a lot of books he could i'm not saying he couldn't but um <laughs> i i like if he were interested in returning, I, I feel like he would have returned at this point in his career, Yeah. You know? Um, it's true. I, I just, I don't, I don't think it's likely given how much he, how much attention he's putting in other sections. Yeah. Um, but, but no, the, the, there's two short stories. Um, one of them I was able to find a synopsis of called the Emperor's soul, which is, is, seems interesting. Um, mm. In the world that he's created is interesting. Like, there's, I would like to know more about the different um, sects of the two, like, main religions. Uh, you know, I could totally read, go for reading the horror novel prequel of <laughs> Freethan being in this monster monastery that he ended up yeah. in his training because he was like, this, this he's is like, not good. These people are too <laughs> intense for me. They are turning themselves into literal demons. Um, they, yeah. they are, they are become, making themselves become inhuman. <laughs> nah, I, I never signed up for this. 
um, so yeah, I, I did like that aspect. On mm-hmm. the like in terms of criticism, which I mean, I, yes. I know it is it is his first novel. Um, and yeah, I, I guess. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Serene or Raiden. And yeah. part of it is because of no, nothing that the characters themselves do. It's it's more the way that they're um, constructed. They're a vehicle. So like, yeah. They're, yeah, they, they come across as very... I think Serene more than Rodin. Because, again, she's sort of like the audience's eyes. And she ends up kind of being... She has some, like, cool parts. But it does feel like she's very... She's kind of Mary Sue-ish. Yes. She's, yeah. Because, like, like I and and I mean, I get the that what they're going for is that um, the city that she's being married off to is kind of regressive, and Rayodin, as a prince of that, was was working towards changes for it. Mm-hmm. But like, the way that it's written, where she just kind of like shows up and is is like the best at political intrigue and the best at sword fighting. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I I don't know how, how accurate any of this would be, but, um, yeah. And Rayodin also kind of from that perspective, like he's in there, what, maybe six months or so. Yeah. Figures out this thing that he's like, uh, figure out for 10 years. Um, I'm super smart. I got this. Um, but I mean, other than that, like, and, and again, like, it makes sense because this is a first published novel. Like, yeah. people, people change um, and, and get better at, at crafting uh, narratives with characters. Um, as far as Crathen goes, his, um, God, what is the name of his assistant that that betrays him? Oh, uh, and turns out Oof. to be like higher rank than he is. He's just kind of like, yeah. But his his assistant, like he's he's he uh, is is painted as this um, like diehard zealot of this religion, which mm. I mean he obviously is. Um, I, I don't know why if if Prethen were really like. If he had gone through this this monastery that this guy is from and is the head of, one, I would think that he would recognize him. Yeah. But two, some of the things that the guy says are so out of line that it's just like, because mm, because like as as a guy or like he's he's a very high ranking priest. But his assistant is saying things that are just so off the wall of like, yeah, you gotta round them up and execute them. And yeah. Like, it's, like he's just it's like super... frothingly mad. And, and yeah. he's like, uh, you don't he's... seem right. <laughs> yeah, you seem too extreme. You're a little bit extreme for you saying that you were an assistant to some random person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's out of there, but there there is, and I, there's even like writing weaknesses too. Where yeah. I do think that again, the combat is well written. Yeah, but I don't think 
the world building is as strong as in his other uh, books. I think it's very loose. Um, yeah. And it doesn't really paint the picture that you're used to in his books. I, because personally, I read this book. No, I read this book second. I read Warbreakers first, and then I went to this book, and then to Mistborn, the Mistborn trilogy. And so basically, I compared this book to Warbreakers, and it just, it didn't build up the world in a way that I I was expecting. I Again, I really liked the small sort of like dilapidated like city and everything like that. I thought that was really cool, but you know, the neighboring nations as well as just the nation in general, just, it, it felt loose. Do, would you? Yeah, I mean, again, I I prefer that to rigid structure. Like, if, like, the naming conventions are a little bit weird. Like, the, yeah, especially since it's it's not reflected anywhere else. But as far as kind of categorizing different different peoples and like what the lands are known for, I feel like that's fairly strong. Mm -hmm. Um. And again, I like my fantasy to be a little bit more loosey-goosey, just kind of sketched out and then let me fill in things. Yeah. As you give me information. Like, so so I didn't mind it as mm -hmm. much. Um, I actually preferred this in Warbreaker to what I've read of Mistborn and Stormlight. Oh, okay. I, I like the loosey-goosey. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, what do you think but about, like... I can like, see where that doesn't... Where not everyone likes that, and some people would prefer more structure, that being yeah. said. Yeah. And again, like, you know, this is just a small nitpick. It didn't ruin the story for me. Like, you know, when I read his books, it's it's really interesting. Like, just the worlds that he's built and everything along those lines. Um, and I don't know if we talked about this off-cast or not, but... Um, it's it's interesting with him being a Mormon as well, because you know, like the whole I guess Mormon ideology. Should should we end up? Am I treading um, water I mean, or? No, we can we. Can. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't want to like <clears throat> very loosely, I guess, for people who aren't a hundred percent sure what I'm talking about is so with Mormons, there's a belief that when you, I guess, die, you're kind of given a, a world to sort of like build and watch over. And I guess that kind of gives you like the opportunity to think about like worlds and world building and things along those lines. So, so it's interesting. It's interesting if like he's so prolific because at a young age, he was taught in his religious section that 
he would be given like a world to like watch over and be a god of is that right for mormons um no it's, oh no it, so it that's i mean it i mean it's hard to say because like there's a lot of different you know stripes but um like my understanding is that that's that's kind of a smear that some people have said because oh they, they, okay they well they ooh. become they become like god not a slur but like they become like a god in in eternity but they like they don't so some people have kind of like construed that to mean oh so you get to make your own planet <laughs> oh no <laughs> so it's it's not that's not a hundred percent accurate but i mean okay. it's enough like yeah but like, but i, I wonder I, so i just wonder if that sparked like this world building thought process at a young age and it's just yeah, something I, I, that i'm sure it would like i had a um when i was in grad school i had a um uh i know it's always hard to like tread lightly when it comes to like religion or politics well, and, and or... i i had a, a um because I don't want to offend friend, anyone. Colleague or acquaintance um, in in grad school who was Mormon, like he was getting his his uh, counseling degree, mm -hmm. um, and we were talking because he he noticed I always had um, like a book on me that I was reading, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, just just outside of the class, waiting for 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 it to start or whatever, yeah. um, just about science fiction and. One, one of the things that I'm curious about, because, like, you know, a lot of, of current day science fiction comes from a tradition of, you know, two, three hundred years ago, um, Christian beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, like mainstream Christianity beliefs or whatever. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of that. And I'm interested what in like a hundred years science fiction looks like because you have you do have people like as much as i don't like him orson scott card yeah um and brandon sanderson who are very well like very visibly mormon um, mm -hmm. and so i wonder what that that form of science fiction fantasy will look like in like a hundred or, or so years yeah yeah i mean like sanderson um, does have interesting, interesting world building and, and ideas. Um, I just, for whatever reason, have bounced bounced off of his more popular um, uh, series. Yeah, I don't think that they're I, for everyone. Yeah, because I well, I mean, I like, I like the one offs, but and, yeah. and I think part of that is because they're so loose and out there. Um, yeah, set up that I. I, I like the thing that no one else <laughs> no no and I think that they need to be um, loose like yeah. because you can't dedicate so many chapters like because I remember yeah, exactly. with like Stormlight there's a chapter dedicated to a random like fish person that you don't see within that book and that character basically comes back in a previous book well if you're just writing a single book you can't really waste that time yeah like that. why would you focus on <laughs> random <Yeah>. dude fishing <laughs> yeah so so no i i can i totally see that no it, it's a, a a random fish person 
not somebody fishing. Like oh, a, a fish a, person, not like yeah. someone who's yeah. Got like it. like okay. a uh, <laughs> like a a merman or a mermaid. Merman, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I, everything that I'm seeing um, says that he's interested in writing a sequel to this, but he is not sure when it will be written. To me, that that says that he's not interested really in writing. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't want to dash anyone's dreams. Um, he says that he, let's see, that his his idea for it is that it would take place ten years after the current book's events and center on the very minor characters. Hmm. Which I like that idea. Yeah, um, that's kind of cool. And then he's uh, later announced plans for two books following Elantris, with Ken's children being the main characters in Elantris 2. Hmm. I know that there's a lot of um, chatter about his Mistborn series becoming like a TV special or something like that. Uh, but I, I wonder if any of his other books would um, end up translating well in... The visual media uh i don't know let me see let me click over to mistborn so uh in 2010 he had the rights optioned mm -hmm. um let's see the right in 2016 the entire cosmere universe's rights were optioned including Mist mistborn by dmg entertainment um their most recognizable films are, let's see, Looper and Iron Man 3. Hmm. Um, uh, let's see. So, apparently they signed a screenwriter for adapting Mistborn, The Final Empire. And then March of 2020, Sanderson stated that he was currently writing the screenplay for Mistborn, The Final Empire. Oh, so, so that was the last that that we've heard. Yeah, but I mean, just because there's a, a screenplay doesn't doesn't mean that yeah anything's yeah, going to come of it. Yeah, I mean, especially you know, in pandemic world. Um, yeah, pandemic world. That's a crappy book I wouldn't want to read. Uh, let's see. So there's a role playing game based off of Mistborn. Yeah, yeah, it's something that I've always wanted to sort of play. Yeah, it, it so that one strikes me kind of like, um, I know I've used this example a lot, but like, um, that would be a game that me not being as familiar with the world, I mm -hmm. would not want to run for fans of. Yeah. Like, like with... Um, and it's always back in, hard. Back in high school oh. like i tried running wheel of time with some friends and i did yeah. not realize one of them was a way bigger fan of wheel of time than me so they were correcting me constantly yeah <laughs> i was just and, like okay well let's let's play a regular D venom <laughs> yeah and it's always hard it's always hard to like play a game with established backstory at, at least it's hard for me it feels like because it doesn't give you an opportunity to sort of flex your own ideas. You're kind of pigeonholed into yeah. somebody else's like creativity. Yeah, and I mean that's any licensed game. Like I wouldn't want to do yeah. that for someone. Like I wouldn't want to run a uh, uh, Lord of the Rings game 
for yeah. some of our friends that are super into Lord of the Rings. Cause I'm just like, I know the cursory stuff, but anything deeper than that. Yeah. Um, or even not, like a magic a game. Time. Like, you know, there was um, books about like going to Ravnica and stuff like that. It's like, I, oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to really play that game because I don't really know too much about magic and like people or somebody who would, you know, who's a lot more verse than I am would be like, oh, no, wait, that planeswalker wasn't there. I'd be like, oh, I don't, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind giving, giving that a try as a, as a player, the Mistborn series. I've just, I would not want to be in a group of like where everyone else was just like a diehard fan. Yeah. Know? Like a, um, just for fear of screwing up. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Mistborn is also going to cross over with Fortnite. Really? Wow. Yeah. Fortnite has everything. May 20... Yeah, Fortnite Jeez. is a metaverse. I mean, it's going to soon be... You know, Magic's also crossing over to Fortnite. They're going to have Fortnite Magic cards. Well, you know what's funny is... Um, and I mean, this, this, our shows are always just made up of tangents, so I yeah. don't mind doing this, but, um, <laughs> a, a few days ago, they, they announced that, you know, Harmonics, the people that put out, um, Rock Band. Oh yeah. Got bought by Epic Games specifically to work on music stuff for Fortnite. Interesting. So like those live concerts, I think are going to be more and more of a thing if people actually taking part of it. So like Fortnite is trying to be the metaverse <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's it's basically like second life where you yeah, can like, like your second life with guns yeah <laughs> well i mean there's even portions of like you don't have to have like you don't have to fight there's a lot of just like the creators like area where you basically are there like creating things and whatnot so yeah and you know it, it's it's like a, a world building sort of deal but um yeah it's it's crazy like how how popular that's gone yeah i don't um i mean i've i've played a little bit of it and have you one, one i'm no good huh. um, and two i it's it's the type of game that I think appeals to um, boomers, zoomers. Who, well, no, it, it appeals to people who have that um, that one like access to that one game, or people who dive down a rabbit hole and like get really into one thing. You know? Yeah. Well, um, and again, so, it's not just a shooting game, like. Again, you can go to concerts and you can populate the world yeah. like you would be playing a Fortnite game, but well, and, you're I mean, just there. Honestly, a lot of the appeal, I think, to kids is because, like, you know, hey, mom and dad, can I have $60 for a new video game or can I have, like, $5 here, you know, lots of times. <laughs> yeah. 12 times, I guess for these these uh things like it's it's a good money making model but it also 
you know, it, it, if someone can buy something and have it go back into that one game, like it, it makes it easier to, to spend smaller amounts of money. Yeah. And it, I mean, like I get it, its popularity. I just, it doesn't do anything for me perfectly. Personally. For you. Yeah. I mean, and it, it ends up kind of being a little bit like Minecraft in an area where, you know, you can end up basically doing anything. You can, like, build things, you can play the game as intended, or you can just, like, goof around and then end up, like, watching a concert or dancing with your friends or whatnot. Yeah, do you, uh, what have, do you know what, um, sorry, my phone keeps buzzing and my computer's letting me know. Yeah, because um, you're so, so popular. <laughs> You're too um, popular. I forgot completely what I was going to say. People, um, people hitting you up, being like Zach, play some Fortnite with me. No, it's just. And you're like, I'm doing a podcast. Sorry. No, it's it's my family From, that are like. Zach, play some Fortnite with us. <laughs> yeah, play some Fortnite with us exactly. Um, Your dad plays Fortnite, right? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all um anyway i since i lost track of of what i was saying um the, so we gotta do the a, other thing that the mistborn has is a I, board game yeah that's cool um yeah apparently there's a lot of expansions too it's the same people that put out the rpg um hmm. is it sort of like set up kind of like descent in a way uh i don't no, so it says it's uh, designed by Kevin Wilson, who I don't know what else he has designed. But um, so the first one is called House War. Uh, it's set in the Mistborn world and takes players. Oh yeah, because there's different the houses and stuff like that. Um, so they're trying to weather the cataclysmic events of the first novel. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a digital version of it on Tabletopia. Hmm. Um, and then they have an expansion coming out called siege of luthadel cool so yeah but i mean that's mistborn not Melantris. yeah <laughs> so, so you know you made it when you have a have a board game yeah yeah i mean that this and, and dresden files are the only two books that i can think of in recent times that have done that i i mean i guess the expanse has a, a an rpg as well. rpg yeah um, all i can think about is the um labyrinth rpg or uh board game <laughs> I love the Labyrinth board game. It's fun. It's definitely fun. <laughs> it's also got an adventure game. Oh, does it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's not a uh it, it's less a role playing game and more of like a you play this type of character rather uh, than okay. Yeah. Huh. That'd be kind of interesting. It's more adventure than, than RPG. So uh, would you recommend this book to uh our viewers or not viewers, our listeners? listeners? Yeah. Um yeah, I would. My uh, like just to to kind of go ahead and throw back the curtain. The uh, the grade that I gave it was B plus. Oh, nice. Oh, good. Um, I would for anyone who's interested in this, like the pe- type of person that I would recommend read this are are, um, you know, like I would recommend that maybe someone like my brother reads it. Someone who's just kind of generally interested in fantasy but doesn't necessarily want to do the hardcore like. 
I want to deep yeah. lore dive that like Wheel of Time or Game of Thrones requires almost. Yeah, or because <laughs> yeah. the like, Stormlight series. Has, well, yeah, like I mean, this book has a glossary of things in the back, but you can get everything from context. Like it's not because there's only one book. Um, it's not like you know thirty thousand pages of lore. That yeah, you have to understand. It's it's not obtuse. It's it's definitely accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, would you recommend this? Uh, yes, I I would recommend this. I don't think so. I would recommend this to somebody who was generally interested in in sci-fi, but it wouldn't be the first book that I would recommend from Brandon Samerson, especially like a standalone one. Um, that first one would definitely be Warbreakers, but if the person had already read Warbreakers and enjoyed it, I'd say, hey, if you want another quick read, I would recommend this one. Hmm. Okay, well, so yeah. what was your letter grade for it? Uh, I, I gave it a, a B plus. I, I oh, good. again, I think it's a it's a you know a real fun read. I think it's something that I would probably go back and reread, which is always a a good tell that a book's interesting. If I go back and reread the book and everything, yeah. just to sort of like, you know, as as we all grow older and whatnot we have like different perspectives of life and that changes how we digest media and things along those lines so it would be interesting i i always enjoy going back to like old media and just sort of seeing how i interpret that media at different points in my life so, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I would. Uh, I would recommend. It, you know, it's funny. I uh, I'm looking back at the spreadsheet of these letter grades now, um, mm -hmm. and Warbreaker, I gave a B, and you gave a B plus as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's on that that level. Yeah. Um, I I definitely think that Warbreaker is a more uh, at least to me, a stronger book. Yeah. But, but yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so uh, I guess with that, um, we can probably unveil the next book. What's the next book? Oh, okay, yeah, I remember. It would okay. be just the one word. It's just the one word. So just the my, one word. My uh, <laughs> choice uh, is next, and so we are going to be reading Stephen King's "It" yes. from 1986. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta capitalize the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, or are you not doing it right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you end up in a 10-minute uh, text exchange with each other, where you're like, "Stephen King's it," and you're like what what is he <laughs> yeah i know he is it what what is it what is he <laughs> is he be it is he a clown yeah <laughs> yeah i uh this is actually the first reading uh for me i've seen i guess the miniseries oh really or, 
Yeah. Or the movie. Did, uh, did you see the miniseries on ABC from 1990? Or did you see one of the two movies that they played? I think I saw one of the two movies. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the older movie. It wasn't like... Because didn't they remake it recently? They did. Yeah. They did indeed. Um, yeah. Which, you know, we'll, we'll cover that as well. We'll probably The way I envision it, there's enough to talk about, I think, for like there to be a book episode a miniseries episode and then one each on the the two movies oh so we deep diving on this one yeah okay well okay. i mean they there's they're different enough that i think that they like it's not something like you know um i'm trying to look back at things that we've covered before that had media <laughs> <laughs> it's not like like uh, bird box for example hmm. where it's like it's so similar that it's like well yeah we can talk about it at the same time <laughs> yeah um, it's it's uh it, it varies wildly and i think it, you will be surprised at how different some of them are <laughs> yeah like i said i, I ha don't think i've seen the mini series but yeah it's funny a lot of people really really like the mini series oh so take that for <laughs> so i guess it's good as you will yeah. okay <laughs> do you I mean, like the miniseries good. it's a certain type of good um, okay i like it and i don't like it uh <laughs> interesting well, we'll we can get that later. yeah <laughs> we can get there when we get there um yeah so uh let's see i guess yeah next time we record together we'll, we'll be discussing it um in mm -hmm. the meantime is there anything you want to plug or talk about or uh so i know people thank you thank you zach for for that softball right there so, so um uh as the older listeners probably know i've been working a lot with with particular media with photoshop and things along those lines and that's all been kind of going towards a particular goal that I've been that I've had for myself for the longest time and I've recently started streaming so I have a a streaming channel um it is stupid gaming so I truthfully I should have thought about this name a little bit <laughs> earlier before doing everything because Stew is actually spelled S-T-U, and then bread, just like the normal bread, and then gaming is the uh, is the Twitch channel. But yeah, sometimes when I say stew bread gaming, people think stew as in, like, S-T-E-W. <laughs> so, so yeah, should have, should have figured that one out earlier. But, but yes, um, I'm, I'm streaming, and I've been having a great time at it. And if you're interested, one, in how I look, because I've got a face cam, uh, feel free to check it out. Or if you just want to see me goofing around like I normally do on this podcast, uh, drop by. <laughs> drop by and uh, say hey. Yeah, throw me a sub. Or uh, a follow. It's all follows. Oh, it's all follows? They, they're yeah, taking yeah. out subs? I've well, uh, <laughs> you have to become like a Twitch affiliate before subs and subs cost money like and follows are just free so oh 
yeah, definitely just the follow. It's free. You can tell when I'm online. And I mean, truthfully, just stopping by and saying, hey, is is all it would be more than I could ask. So, so yeah. Yeah. You have a standard schedule? Uh, uh, yes. Yes, I do. Um, yeah. So I stream on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 Eastern time. And then on the weekends, I'll be either streaming on Friday or Saturday, just depending on life and social schedules at seven as well. Nice. And usually I'll have those two dates um, on the actual stream on the channel page and everything like that in a couple weeks in advance. So you can always stop by and see when I'm streaming on on the channel as I have a an actual like calendar on there. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, yeah, it's it's something that I've been trying to work up towards, trying to get the because you know I did all the design, I did all of the um, alerts and the transitions, and it's all been sort of self-taught. So yeah, I'm I'm still learning. Uh, definitely, if you stop by, hopefully the stream won't be too scuffed, but but definitely learning, but. You know, you got to start from the bottom and work yourself up. So so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, drop by, say hey, and uh, yeah, I appreciate the shout out. Thanks, Zach. And yeah. and I've uh, hopefully I'll rope Zach into a couple uh, streams as well, and we can play some uh, some multiplayer games. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, I really, I know we talked about this once on the podcast, but I would love to play um monster problem with you oh yeah no that's that, that's a really fun fun game yeah it is but yeah, yeah. Need to uh, arrange for that definitely definitely <laughs> because that, that actually does sound like it would be really really fun yeah i mean it, it was a blast we actually played it i think just at your place yes i think it was me you and your wife yeah and i mean they're usually like a game lasts an hour, but it's a lot of fun just seeing the decisions that you make and everything along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. We will uh, see what, when we can uh, arrange all of that to happen. Yeah. And yeah, we'll be back next time. Um, let me look up the schedule because we're recording. Oh, yeah. So uh, next episode coming out will be Richard and I speaking about Resident Evil 5. Ooh, you getting up there. Getting close. And getting close. Getting close. Ah. <laughs> All right. Um, with that, we will bid you guys adieu and good night. Fair fun well. And be careful. Be safe. And we'll see you later. Oh, I was thinking you were going to say Be Kind Rewind. Oh, I thought you were going to say that. I thought you you took it you took it from me. Did I take it? Yeah. Okay, so Be Kind Rewind. And um, stay stay golden? Yes, stay golden. Yeah, there we go. Bye. Bye.